All right, we're here at the Fortune Kit Book Club today for our first installment of the Tommy Lee Tommy Land autobiography with uh, our friends Derek and CJ. Uh, real quick, I accidentally read uh, Gravity's Rainbow instead. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, well, this is a little bit more sophisticated, so I don't know if you're going to be ready. Yeah, it's a harder read. No doubt about that. It is a harder read. But um, it's kind of like you don't want to just start by running a marathon. So we don't want to just jump right into the book because that seems like a lot to ask. So we got a couple quick articles we wanted to hit first before we can like really discuss the book. Is there a Cliff's Notes? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good question. The Cliff's Notes would have to be at a higher reading level than the book. <laughs> Although I did prepare a pop quiz, so I think that's like, I hope there's a cliff notes for you guys' sake. But. Is there a version where We're it's got Tommy Lee so. on one side and then on the other side it's got Shakespearean English? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to translate it up to an 11th grade level. Sonnets. But what do we got here? Uh, I guess first we should talk about this article um, from today in Spin, Creed Scott Stapp to portray Frank Sinatra in new movie about Ronald Reagan. Starring Dennis Quaid. This is the, uh, have you seen this, have you heard about this section of the podcast? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. There are about a hundred guys news. that uh, we get a Google alert on if anything happens with them in any way. Scott Stapp is one of them. I was uh, digging into uh, who is directing this uh this Reagan biopic, and it turns out it's this guy, Sean McNamara. And I just want to read you guys. Um, he's made what looks like almost 80 movies, but I, <laughs> I want to read you guys some of his uh, output. The so he, he's the oeuvre. He's, a, he's an auteur. Uh, so one of his recent movies was uh, Robo Sapien Rebooted, which is a, the third sequel to uh, the Ro in the Robo Sapien franchise. Uh, <laughs> You got Baby Geniuses in the Treasure of Egypt, followed immediately by <laughs> Baby Geniuses in the Space Baby. Uh, just in time for Christmas, Christmas in Evergreen, Letters to Santa, Christmas in Evergreen, Tidings of Joy. That's his Christmas trilogy. And then um, Cats and Dogs 3, Paws Unite. Uh, uh, I think you we, skipped over Aliens Ate My Homework. Yes, Aliens Ate My Homework. Uh, yeah, a lot going on here in this guy's uh, this guy's back catalog. I didn't know the they Brats made movie. sequels to the Baby Geniuses movies. I thought that ended when the guy oh, who bunch. directed the last one died right after it. Like it was cursed. No, I think <laughs> there's like all this, he like, had into that movie. <laughs> well, it's the Baby Geniuses curse. Well, yeah. <laughs> don't don't the babies eventually grow up, or they just stay babies forever, and that's why they're so smart. All the actors died of sin. I think it's, it's a curse. I, I think it. I think it switches between different groups of baby geniuses. Like presumably, there's there's different like pockets yeah. of baby geniuses. I gotta figure it's like Madden, where you know it just keeps up with the latest roster of babies. But if you get on the cover, you're you're bound to get cursed and injured that season. <laughs> I want to know what's going I, on I with these like, adult baby geniuses. That's all. Uh, one more he did was he did baby geniuses and the mystery of the crown jewels. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> But this is the thing, though, like uh, the thing about Hollywood is you got to do one for them and one for you. So that's why he did uh, Baby Geniuses and the Space Baby and Reagan. You know what I mean? All right. Bob Clark. Yeah. Reagan, was Reagan's name. for them. <laughs> yeah. Reagan's for them. And Baby Geniuses is his real passion project. He was the guy who wrote the screenplay for A Christmas Story. 
and then he did uh. Super Baby's Baby Geniuses 2, and that was the last thing he did before he died. The hell of a legacy. He's probably looking down from heaven and being like, you know what? They did They did justice to Baby Geniuses. I think he was kind of a coward for dipping out before he finished the series. Seriously. <laughs> Kind of, Did uh, he also do the screenplay for uh, Black Christmas, too? Because I know the guy that directed uh, A Christmas Story also directed a super nasty like horror film from the early 80s called Black Christmas. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's the guy who did Baby Geniuses, too. <laughs> John Boyd was guys... in Baby Geniuses, too. Is he yeah, dead? Is John Boyd dead? What... No, he's very much alive because I think oh, he's fuck. in. Really? Is he dead? Is he? Is he dead? I don't know. He's like Who, one of those John guys Boy? that you, you can claim he's dead, and nobody's really like. Yeah, yeah everyone well, has to he be was, like. Okay, I'll say dead? this about him: he was still alive in 2015 because he was in Baby Geniuses and the Space Baby. Oh my God! He's, he's been alive. doing some racist he's, stuff, I think. I think he's in the Reagan movie too. I oh, think cool. he worked. I think he works with Mac. McNamara and uh, he's worked with McNamara and a bunch of uh, his output. <laughs> they should have one of the baby geniuses who's like seven now play Reagan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they probably like jelly beans as much as he did. <laughs> baby geniuses Reaganomics. <laughs> baby geniuses return to diapers. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's crazy. I didn't. I real. I thought it was like there was two baby geniuses movie and movies, and that was pretty much the end of it i didn't realize there's a whole franchise that's they're not real baby genius movies they don't have wikipedia articles i think they're only <laughs> yeah, they're all direct to video they're only in mm. italy okay i think they're direct to streaming insane to deprive the silver screen of these movies but what do i know about the movie business man if you haven't seen the space baby in 16 millimeter forget about <laughs> it you haven't seen the movie it syncs up with dark side of the moon <laughs> in that at the beginning there's the the birth song where there's the baby noise and the movie's about <laughs> babies other than that there's really nothing in common so i think the only other pre-tommy lee thing we wanted to hit on is just that the trapped saga seems to have finally hit like it's uh climax where uh the trapped guy has been kicked out of his own band for being too much of a piece of shit what are the uh, yeah, we what are the other guys going to do? Beginning. <laughs> I'm like I'm a little confused here. I would assume I've kind of just labored under the assumption that like trapped no longer really existed in any musical capacity and it was just more or less like some sort of entity that existed on Twitter for people to harass and then use to like screenshot and and make their uh, numbers go up online. So like they they actually still make music is what you're telling me. Uh, yeah, apparently. In May 2020, yeah, every couple uh, of studio years. album Shadow Work was announced. It was released the following July, although it failed to chart in the top 200 albums because in its release week, it only sold 600 copies. Oh. Yeah, and we've kind of covered it on this show that they've been trying to do shows during COVID, and the singer would take these photos where he's trying to look, make the audience look as big as he can, but there's literally like 20 or maybe even 15 people at the last one that there was photos of. So they're clearly at the end of their rope. And then mm -hmm. uh, he finally just kind of got, you know, it's like ripping off a Band-Aid finally where they just needed to get rid of him, you know? Put him out of his misery. They should replace him with a Hatsune Miku. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you don't need to Hosting pay him. was his downfall. He couldn't, he couldn't help himself from, uh, you know, like as people know from our previous coverage of Trapped, Scott, uh, like, the singer could not help himself responding to any negative comment online. It doesn't matter what platform, who's saying it. Doesn't even matter if it's negative or not. If he perceives it to be negative, he's going to respond until he falls asleep, um, and that's pretty. Maybe much you already what mentioned happened. this, but uh, on their Wikipedia, it says that on the band's official Facebook account, he made lengthy posts criticizing viewers of keeping up with the Kardashians, which devolved <laughs> into what? the account swearing and berating commenters. So he's been at this for a while, but it was non-political at that point. So it didn't get media traction. Yeah, he's really one of those guys who got politicized by Trump and realized he can just try to do Trump things like lying about his crowd size and that people eat it up on social media and retweet him because they're angry at him and shit. Maybe he got radicalized by hating the Kardashians. It's odd that he was offended by the Kardashians because now what he does, he's a fake celebrity who does stuff to get attention. And he fights (laughs) with other people in public. (laughs) The Kardashians are a sign of our decadent culture. But uh, if we give him a lot of attention, then uh, it'll solve it. Wait, he's, did he get kicked out of, of... Did he get kicked out of Trapped after Keeping Up With The Kardashians ended? Because I feel like the, he, that's kind of a win for him, right? He, like, outlasted no, Yeah, it was just I this week. that's still on. Well, I thought they, I thought they canceled it. or the, They got... They, like, stopped doing it. I don't know. I... Probably am not the authority. I think they on. said the current season is the last season or something like uh, that. Oh, okay. Well, that's too bad. And they're going to put them it. all down at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> they're all going over the rainbow bridge. <laughs> <laughs> they're all in crates, and the uh, vet has some uh, syringes loaded up for them. They're going to dog Kanye hell. says his last goodbyes. And then Kanye <laughs> go, goes back to normal and starts making good music again. Folks, this has been the... Uh have you heard this? Have you seen about this section of the podcast? We do this right <laughs> at the top every time, and uh, we'll now be moving on to our main segment. Well, I guess uh, Derek just fucking knows what's best for everybody. Well, I, somebody's got to be the host. I mean, I, don't I trust him. <laughs> All right. Well, what can we say about a book like Tommy Land? It's good. It's sort of I an kind atlas. Of it's it's one of those books that's just, just about everything, you know? Not unlike uh, the, the not unlike the book you read incorrectly, Derek Gravity's Rainbow. It is uh, it it sums up the totality of American life and and maybe life on this planet. Yeah, and it's got a better cover as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like does he have a cigarette in his hand and he's kind of hunched over? There's a bunch of random words. He's, he's kind of the word I see the word monogamy is in the smoke of the cig <laughs> and the word Brandon. I don't know who that's yeah, a reference Yeah, I see Brandon to. over by his shoulder there. It's it's like the cover of Hail to the Thief by Radiohead, but instead of, like, <laughs> crime, war, whatever, it says Brandon. <laughs> I, see pa- I see Pamela in there. Dil- Who's Dylan? Oh, is that the kid that drowned in his pool? No, I think that's a different kid, but Dylan I don't know if we're going to get to him today. There, it says is Dylan Roof drowned in Tommy Lee's pool. <laughs> he, like, killed baby Hitler, basically, if that was what happened. That's actually a good point. The yeah, kid the who drowned in Tommy Dylan Lee's drowned pool. in Tommy Lee's pool. That's my <laughs> yeah. opinion. But what if the kid who drowned in Tommy Lee's pool was going to grow up to be Hitler too? He might have actually done a good thing. We just don't know. Yeah, maybe he uh, thought he saw a Jew at the bottom of the pool. <laughs> and he was going to go kill him. <laughs> you never and know. That was There's his, no uh, way to say one way or downfall. the other. 
Wow, normally I wouldn't uh, support making fun of a dead teenager, but in this instance, I no, will. No, it was like a two-year-old. I'm pretty sure he's a child. <laughs> Well, it's a dead future teenager. Well, in any case, I didn't know the future teenager was anti-Semitic. Neither did he, but he was. Yeah. Tommy Lee. You heard it here Tommy first, Lee folks. <laughs> Tommy yeah, Lee does so. have a swastika He has tattoo. that kind of intuition. <laughs> it's displayed prominently on the book cover. I think he actually does, doesn't he? Are you kidding? Does he really? I think Seriously? he does. <laughs> Who wants to Google Tommy Lee swastika? Me. He got it in Greece uh, when he was five. What? Tommy Lee there doesn't is... want jurors <laughs> to know about his swastika tattoo when he goes on trial for allegedly roughing up a Jewish paparazzi cameraman. Uh -oh. oh, man. <laughs> Seems like that kid should have drowned Tommy Lee in Did the Did you pool. say he got a tattoo when he was five? He was a wild man. <laughs> when it, he, was in, he was in Greece. Greece was Greece was still fascist. He's half Greek, so he was uh, you know spending summers there with his mom. And uh, what they did in Greece in the seventies is if they saw an unswastika child, a Greek child on the street, uh, they'd be like, "Hey, where's your swastika tattoo? Uh, we need to give you one." Yeah, it's like a hall pass. Is this real? Is that how oh, Greece shit. is? I don't know. This sounds way crazier than uh, Gravity's uh, Rainbow. <laughs> It's crazy that he didn't mention that tattoo in his chapter about Greece and growing up. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder why. I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear his thoughts on the Third Reich's ascent to power. Maybe he'll write another book. Maybe he'll get to it. Yeah. Maybe he'll get to it later in this book. Who knows? Yeah. That's that's very possible. I mean, so the chapters. At least I don't know. T uh, like CJ, you probably made it. Almost as far as I did. I got through the first five chapters. Oh no, I got to I got the chapter. Th I Jeez. got into and partially through chapter three, and then I was like, I had to take a break from it. Um, chapter two is especially rough. Uh, it's so. Oh it's yeah, like, we're gonna have to talk about that. Yeah, chapter it's, two it's, is bad. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's really it's up there uh, in terms of like things that I've like things I've had to like read that have prompted a physical an involuntary physical response from me like usually i can read something that upsets me and i just close the tab or you know go to a different page whatever but that was that was the first time in a long time where it actually elicited some sort of a physical reaction out of me um, well i i uh, as i was reading i was writing a pop quiz to give everyone that's sort of in chronological order as i was reading so maybe we should start taking this quiz and it can jog our memory about those things that were vis viscerally upsetting and the kind of things we want to talk about here. That sounds great. Wait, so, so are we starting with the uh, penis uh, dialogue, or are we going straight to chapter one? Yeah. We, I actually have one question about that. Um, so this is the first question of the pop quiz. In the prologue called Introduction, State of Mind, a.k.a. Straight from the Dome, who is busting Tommy's balls? Is it A, Pamela Anderson, B, his friend Juan, or C, his own dick? Oh, that's easy. It's C. It's that C. is correct. It was crazy that his own dick was busting his balls, yep. but he was really just kind of riffing with him when he woke up that morning. Yeah, last, the last uh, person he expected to be busting his own balls was his dick. Who's his and friend yet? Juan? Uh, he doesn't exist. Chapter 1 is called Chapter Juan, but there is no Juan. It's just something he said. Because it rhymes with one, I think. Oh, so he thought of that pun, and he wanted it featured prominently because of how good it is. 
Mm, yeah, yeah, I think it's the lowest um, bar for still being a pun. It's not really a pun on anything specific. Yeah. It just happens to be a name. It sounds like the number a little bit. Um, here's another one from, from real early in the book. Why did Tommy Lee name his book Tommyland? A, because it's based on his name. B, because it's the place where his nerves and pleasure centers freak each other inside his skull. C, because it's a playland that his ex-wife Pamela Anderson built for his 33rd birthday. D, because it's the only word he's found to describe what makes him up and what makes up his state of mind. Or E, all of the above. E, all of the above. Uh, That's correct. Wow. Yeah, I don't remember any of the other ones. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed. I wouldn't have guessed E. I think like that kind of gives you a, th- a a look into how multifaceted the idea of Tommyland is. Yeah, I figured. I m- my money was on the 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 like McDonald's play place that you could jack off inside without getting in trouble. But yeah, yeah. that his wife built for him. That his wife built for him. Yes, that's incredible. The pleasure, the pleasure centers thing. That line really upset me reading it uh but it was less upsetting than the chapter that followed it yeah yeah it's a real uh harbinger of uh things to come i feel like this book is too good to have been ghost written like i'm sure the like ghostwriter helped him like polish it up so that the sentences were legible but a sentence like his nerves and pleasure centers freaking each other inside his skull he's the only person who could have written that you know ocr doesn't recognize cran at least not yet. <laughs> so someone has to do it manually. <laughs> I just imagine him wearing like a bib. He's like in a high chair wearing a bib writing this book. Uh, he wrote this with mashed peas on a piece of cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> in the tour bus. All right. I think that this, we might have to take some time and uh, linger on this one. What is Tommy Lee's favorite thing to do when he is administering oral sex to a woman? A, something normal, or B, pull his girl's lips all the way back so that her little gummy bear just Fuck pops off. out. Of Come on, dog. <laughs> I told... Uh, yeah, that's the line that CJ was really... Uh, I really didn't episode. like the gummy bear thing, and I don't I'm gonna like go with that little gummy bear. You know, oh, that's the correct. Man. It's like... It's like Recently, I had to get tested for COVID, and I got it once, and then the results came back uh, inconclusive. So I had to go do it again, and I was like, "Oh, the second time won't be, you know, I'm I know what's gonna happen now, so it can't like it won't be as bad as the first time, but it still was equally bad." And this is exactly like that. Like I thought, like okay, I, I'll hear somebody else say, "Pull my girl's lips back and look at the gummy bear." And it wouldn't upset me as much, but it, <laughs> it absolutely, like, it's just as bad the second time hearing it. The best thing about it is that he's giving the reader advice. Like, he's saying that because he wants to help you improve your technique. So I think it's kind of ungrateful of you to to uh, have that kind of visceral reaction. He starts that chapter by, the, like, the sex advice chapter by uh, describing how you should you should have sex in a car. Uh <laughs> Yeah, that and is going sixty-five on the highway. Yeah, and then kind of trails off and talks about like uh, I don't know, like proximity alerts and Mercedes being like invented by like a crazy pervert German, 
and and then it just ends. It's just it's mm-hmm. incredible, and he goes from there. So yeah, it's funny because he does it in kind of like a humble brag way, where he's like, "I don't know about your car, but in my Mercedes, you know, it can show me when the cruise control's on. It shows me how close I am to the other cars." Which is weird because like about a half paragraph back, he says something about not using the cruise control because you'll crash into somebody. <laughs> so it's it's a confusing it's a confusing like read it's a confusing like i'm not sure what he's trying to tell you other than that you should have uh you should have intercourse while doing 65 miles an hour on the freeway and you need to have tinted windows that's the only other piece of advice he imparts on the the uh reader yeah and then he hits you with a gummy bear (sighs) yeah yeah i'm gonna get all this shit in this chapter just seems like stuff that he read on reddit that was like written by uh, the type of Reddit guy who pulls like his dress shirt out of the packaging and then wears it right away. And it still has all like the creases in it. You know, There's, there is an extremely mournful coda to that chapter where, you know, he's, he's giving you all this just stupid ass sex advice talking about like how Peter North taught him how to eat like an entire head of celery, but he can't eat that much celery. It, it, it's just, yeah, so yeah, it's a really good so, story. So he's he's basically like Peter North busts a lot because he eats tons of celery before every shoot. But yeah. I can't eat that much celery. But if you can, you should totally do it. And then kind of does a like salute to the troops, but to Peter North. Yeah, which is kind of like it's fucking awful. It's mad weird. Yeah, here's a good excerpt from that part. If you're thinking about Viagra, I'm telling you, try this first. It's a cheap, over-the-counter alternative. I don't know if celery is over-the-counter. <laughs> it's all natural. Man, uh, I wish I wish I could get that big green bunch down in a day. I wish I would fucking remember to try that the day before I want to coat a lady. Celery, that's crazy. Big props, Pete, and good luck. Uh, cra- crazy <laughs> is italicized. That's crazy. <laughs> Forget Viagra. Go to bluechew.com and use promo code Tommyland. <laughs> but then he ends the chapter by talking about getting out of prison and hiring uh, uh, yeah. two, two sex oh, workers yeah. and having, like, he's describing his feeling. He's describing, pri- it's hard to explain this because it's, he's so fucking stupid, but, like, he's describing what any normal person would be like, oh, I'm having like kind of a meltdown because I was just in prison and I just hired sex workers and I had a very strange uh, dissociative experience. But in his mind, he's just, he's, he's just like, yeah, it was weird. I usually like sex, but I didn't like this. (laughs) (laughs) He's getting his uh, holding Caulfield on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's actually, he's probably the only um, 50 year old man in America who, if you handed him Catcher in the Rye right now at age 50, he would be like, holy shit, like a 15 year old, you know? Oh, yeah. That shit would blow his fucking mind. Yeah. He would assassinate Vince Neal. (laughs) (laughs) He'd be really impressed by it and ask you a bunch of questions that you might actually like give him some sincere answers to until you realize he was holding the book upside down the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. I'm actually going to skip one of my questions because this is on topic here. My next question. Um, From the start, was Tommy Lee interested in academics? A, yes, or B, he wasn't really interested? A, yes. Uh, That is incorrect, actually. (laughs) He He was not really interested, even though he did go to college. 
he he went despite not being interested. He made a whole show about it, and he wasn't interested. <laughs> no, he must have been bored that whole show. He's got a good quote about history, uh, which is uh, his his difficulty taking a history class. He said, "Nothing is going to change about history, and that's the truth. If I can't do anything about it, I don't see much point in being interested in it." It's so cool. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, kind of a fool on the hill scenario there. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was saying, like, I imagine uh, a 15 year old reading this book and being like, oh, fuck yeah, good point, man. I'm going to bring this up to my history teacher tomorrow and fucking own him. <laughs> Charles, I got a pop quiz for you. Uh, is, Tommy, uh, is Tommy Lee A, the wise man, or B, the fool? I think in the ways of romance, one would say that he is the wise man. Uh, and he's very learned in his ways that he has experienced in all these years. However, if he were to go to college in the Midwest, for example, he might reveal himself to be the fool in a number of academic pursuits. He embodies both the wise man and the fool. That's why he's such a complicated and interesting author. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so what one was the right answer? Um, it was he was not really both. interested in school. No, but so is he the fool? Oh, no, he's, I would say he's both, yeah. Seems, A or B. Seems like cheating, but okay. So I get credit for that many one. Many would say they're one in the same. Yeah. I think that uh, many would say that, and many would uh, perhaps be correct. But we could talk about that for hours. I don't know how we're going to grade this if you're just giving me these kind of bullshit uh, answers. Well, there's, turns out there's some things that are more important to wisdom than merely having the right answers. Well, so I think that you will find, despite whatever score you get on the test, the way that you will acquire true knowledge will be through the dialectic uh -huh. of and this is the Socratic method. Tommy Lee said all this? What are you talking about, Charles? <laughs> I'm trying, this is for you. Sorry, own not to be the Tommy Lee of the podcast here, but what, what does that mean? <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? <laughs> this fortune kid goes to Tommy Lee College. Yeah. No, there's a direct line from Tommy to Socrates. They're both Greek men who are a public nuisance. <laughs> yeah. They've been Dude, to jail. Socrates, uh, they say that like one out of every three people is related to Socrates. Because <laughs> he, like he was like Tommy Lee back in the day. He was getting it. Yeah, that's the real reason they put him in jail. They said the reason was he said something rude or whatever. He said the said he revolved around the sun or whatever it is, but they said he was laying pipe. Yeah. That's why they tried to um, cast aspersions that he was a nerd in order to, like, make people dislike him because he was too likable because he was a jock, and everyone likes jocks. <laughs> that's true. All right. Um, I guess speaking of... Him being Greek, though, and Socrates being all Greek. Here's another question I had. What did Tommy Lee's Greek uncle do to his little fuzzy white rabbit that caused Tommy to fucking freak? Was it A, pull its lips all the way back so that its little gummy bear popped out at him? Fuck you, dude. A. Are you serious? Oh, Are you fucking or serious? Or, or B, karate chopped it in the neck and cooked it into a nice meal? A. <laughs> no, the answer is B, actually. Really? Uh, I think I could see why you would think it's A. 
I'm following the pattern. You Charles said is causing before. me to fucking freak. <laughs> yeah, what caused CJ to fucking freak during the pop quiz? <laughs> the pressure of this quiz never, is just I'm like never breaking gonna eat another me. gummy bear in my entire life. <laughs> you want to hear a nice little passage? Yeah, let's hear a nice little passage. Yeah. This is chapter seven called You Know What? Fuck It. Fuck it is right. I've always felt that way about life, about dares, about doing what I was told not to do. But after it was clear that Heather and I were getting divorced, my motto was fuck it with a capital F. I didn't give a flying fuck about shit. That period of my <laughs> life lasted, I'd say, from the day that blowjob blew up my home life until we finally signed the papers in 1995. I was mad at myself for ruining the best relationship I've known up to then, and I was mad at Heather for not wanting to take time off work for what I thought was the real reason two people get married, to make a family. I didn't know what else to do, so I got really loose from the moment hang Heather hung up the phone on me. I knew I wasn't going home that night, so I figured I might as well go big. I call Ron Jeremy and tell him to bring the girl who blew me down to the studio with as many of her friends as she could pack into the car. I was in the studio that night working on Motley Crue, the one album we did with John Karabi on vocals. We were mixing that night in Karabi, a few roadies, our producer Bob Rock, my friend and sound editor Scott Humphrey, and the studio staff were there. Four girls show up and one of them possesses one of my favorite traits in a woman. Yes, my favorite, a squirter. Fucking A, chief, where's my raincoat? The girls come in and lie across the half-million-dollar SSL recording console in our studio and start ramming one another. They are already drunk and they're splashing their vodka and cranberries all over this expensive piece of equipment while the studio engineers freak the fuck out. These guys so are frantically wiping lame. up the booze trying to save the equipment in their jobs without missing the show. They were watching a porno and it wasn't on TV and when Old Faithful shot her stuff all the way across the room and into a bowl of fruit, coating the board and everything else in range with her rocket juice, none of us could uh. believe it. Man, if Tommy Lee was actually a good writer, he would have began the book with like the first two paragraphs of that. Like like a real in media res, just kind of crazy good story, you know? Oh, apparently uh, Trent Reznor was recording The Downward Spiral Next Door <laughs> and he sampled <laughs> the squirting on the album. Uh, okay. I don't know if that's a real story. Yeah, bullshit. Wow. That's so stupid. God I like, damn. Yeah, I they just the covered, it was probably piss. That was like a porno. Over a ten thousand dollar console. Yeah, it was like a porno. <laughs> it was like a porno, but not on TV. It was in a book. That Alex. And also, was no one was yeah. enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. So that actually dovetails perfectly with another question I have, though. That was from an earlier chapter about his first girlfriend. Can I stop Why you right did... here? Can, I, oh, can yeah. I ask you a question real quick, Charles? Okay. Is there is one of the answers uh, have the word gummy bear in it? <laughs> It does not actually. Okay, this go time. ahead. Go ahead with your question, please. You might still be upset, but it does not talk about the gummy bear. <laughs> okay, why did Tommy Lee refer to his first real girlfriend as the female Peter North? A, because she showed him squirting, something that he's a huge fan of to this a. day. B, well, well, wait. B, because she could really blast it out. B. C, because when it was time for an explosion, she'd shoot it right in his face, and when she was done, they looked like they entered a wet t-shirt contest. C. Or what? D, or D, all of the it's above. 
It's D. Yeah. So Derek, you chose all four answers well, along I the way. I, I don't know if I'm gonna give you any credit for that. Well, you never said they I couldn't change right. my answer. Well, you could have waited. Derek's in the I school the of thought thing. where you just fill in every bubble on the scantron, and uh, you know <laughs> yeah. the 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 right ones are, are filled in, so you're gonna get it. And that's why he's hanging out with us instead of being a doctor like he always dreamed. That's mm. uh, that's what they call the Socratic method, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Socrates, I mean, I was just told Socrates was a guy with a huge dick, and that's why he's famous. Well, that's partly true. You probably heard the first thing and you memorized only that one fact, but if you listened to all the other facts, then you would have known more things about him. But you just you're too you shoot from the hip too much, Derek. Well, Socrates invented Greek fire because he was inspired by squirting. He got some porno chicks to squirt. He wanted something for them to put out, so he invented fire. They were squirting in the old uh, Parthenon or whatever. That's why the half of it is knocked over. <laughs> <laughs> really forceful stuff. <laughs> I hope anyone who listened to like the last two episodes of this show and like just discovered it listens to this episode too. Yes. <laughs> None of you have seen the Molly Crew movie on Netflix, right? No. Uh, no. I actually did watch like about an hour of it and I was like, as soon as I started watching it, I was like, these, one of these guys is definitely Australian and it threw me off completely and I couldn't get over I like hyper-focused on that and had to look it up and then I saw that he was one of the actors and um, I think I was also pretty drunk so I fell asleep like halfway through it but yeah I didn't I didn't like what I saw of it the very first scene is Tommy Lee played by Machine Gun Kelly making Make, a woman squirt uh, at a party yep Cross he's obsessed with from this book it's all from the autobiography here it comes up a lot of times in this book maybe he should just be a homosexual uh, expand on that. He's always talking about women squirting and comparing it to how much Peter North can come. It's like, why don't you just fuck Peter North? Well, there was a um, scene where his dad um, used a homophobic slur against him for having earrings. And, uh, he, you know, his, he's like, great. My dad, you know, my dad's like, great. My son's a F word. But then Tommy Lee says... But he let me do my thang anyway. Okay. Well, fair enough. I mean, not a bad deal. I think it's true that Tommy, if if uh, if anything, if there's one thing you can say about Tommy Lee, it's that he did his thang. Actually, I think there's a number of um, things like that in here that let you know this was written in like 2005. Because there's also a scene where... He's talking about how he sees young couples who aren't going to last because they're instead of talking to each other, um, they're on they're clicking <laughs> away on their their crackberries, crack emailing berry. whoever the fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got mad about worst, that too. I forgot about that. Worst slang terms. I, it's so I addicting. That. <laughs> it's so freaking addicting. These kids are addicted to, to very to their, slowly uh, task your devices, uh, task, text your business associates. Man, I hate it when I'm I'm hanging out with my girl and she's on her crackberry texting with smarter child the whole time. I mean, <laughs> hasn't Tommy Lee done actual crack? I mean, is it is it kind of like a back in my day I I did crack. I did not text. <laughs> I don't he know knows more than anyone that the phone's addictive and and uh fun. Yeah, you love Instagram. Back in my day I smoked crack. <laughs> Does he and talk about junkies in here? 
if yeah. so, I haven't gotten into it yet. Oh, well, he does. I mean, pretty early on, I recall him saying something about drinking oceans of liquor and shooting and snorting like piles of drugs. Yeah, but not enough details yet. I'm, I'm guessing maybe yeah. he does later. Yeah, broad strokes. Actually, ooh, Nikki Six I does did pull that. One he thing, does too much of that. What, writing about it or doing drugs? Well, he did do too much drugs, but too much writing about it. I think if you want drugs, yeah, you got to go to the Nikki Six biography. And if you want, uh, like... Uh, a guy with the brain of a goldfish talking about squirting and forgetting what he's <laughs> describing to you, then you got to go with Tommy Lee. Yeah. I think despite all the great details we've talked about already, I think my personal favorite, like specific detail he mentions is uh, he's trying to tell us about this inspirational refrigerator magnet he has. Oh and he's God, like, yeah, he's like, it's in the heart of Tommy land in my studio behind the bar stuck to my Jägermeister machine, and it says it all. We do not stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Dude, that that's is like, something a wise man would say. That's insane. Yeah. Like, that's, that's like, you're just like a guy. Uh, fuck, man. Like, it's like, you might as well just say it was stuck to my gumball machine. <laughs> that I have in my that I have in my fucking arcade room, like that's such a crit. Like to just like nobody has a Jaeger machine. It's so fucking cool, man. I wish all of us had one. It'd be great to just go over to like Derek's place. Like, hey, man, can you pour me some ice cold Jaeger out of your machine, please? Hey, do you have do you have? Can you get me a drink that tastes like liquor black licorice, but worse? <laughs> hey, that'd be great. Oh yeah, and it's also got a it's also got a fucking cheap ass platitude magnet on it that inspires you can you go look at that can you yeah. stare at, stare at it the entire time while you pour me the drink and then come Jaeger back is, and Tommy tell Lee's me a basic bitch <laughs> Jaeger is both it's for um for people who think that black licorice isn't sweet enough and for people who think that liquor doesn't taste bad enough <laughs> Tommy Lee's Jaeger machine on the side of it it says I'm that girl who listens to gangster rap on my way to yoga class <laughs> <laughs> Every time he sees that bumper sticker about what if the Air Force need to, needed to hold a bake sale, he gets in a car accident from thinking too much. <laughs> <laughs> or from trying to figure out what the symbols are in the coexist sticker. Satanism. What the fuck is that? Is that the Pepsi logo? <laughs> oh, wait, there was one other good liquor story in there where he was talking about how in high school, after he got his car... He replaced the windshield wiper fluid with Jack Daniels. Uh, with a girl's squirt. Uh, this, he does use the word squirt to describe it, actually. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. What if my car got um, drunk? That's what he said. And they poured I wonder Jack if I could Daniels feed this into, into a word thing. cloud. <laughs> yeah, the word squirt would be biggest by far. Let's see. Can I do that? Uh, earlier I did control F and search for family guy. Cause I wanted to see if he said he loves family guy, uh, but it didn't show up. I think it's published too early. He probably does. Yeah. 2005. It had already been canceled, but it didn't come back to get big enough right. among like stupid people. Yeah, It was too obscure. Um, wait, I want to read the passage about the Jack Daniels in the windshield wipers though. He's like, I'd come through, hit the button, berserk, and people would be like, dude, after a while, I drained all the water out and filled the reservoir with Jack Daniels. When I pulled into the parking lot, my buddies who knew would be like, hit the switch, dude. They'd put their mouth over the sprayer and drink Jack windshield. 
I hope there was just like windshield fluid residue. I mean, in there, there was. Still. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. That explains a lot of his life, maybe. Yeah, I think yeah, we're gonna. I, I, th- I think this is a this is like a Peter Parker style origin story <laughs> for Tom Lee. His, his obsession with squirting comes from these windshield wipers that and like being chemically by... ruined his brain. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm willing to bet that one of Tommy Lee's friends suffered the fate of so many domesticated animals and got like antifreeze poisoning to the point of going blind. Like through <laughs> through just being associated with him, it it has to have happened. Definitely. Yeah, he's the person that buys that wine those French guys make in The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, when Bart's the exchange student. <laughs> oh, here's another good one about school. Um, he visited his old high school and it had been turned into a middle school since he went there. And he was like seeing which of his old teachers were still around or whatever. But as he's walking through the hallway, he's like, I kept watching all the little guys run around wanting to be them instead of the guy who is completely tattooed and who looks like he's going to hurt some children. It's like, dude, a kid <laughs> drowned in a pool in your backyard. You're, you you're going to do much worse than hurt them. Yeah, he's not particularly uh, apologetic about that. I think he feels bad about it, but he also doesn't know how to express it. Every yeah, time he, he brings it really up, know. it just sounds insensitive and weird. He yeah. doesn't know how to express negative human emotion or, like, regret or anything like that, it seems. Yeah, maybe in some ways he's, like, the precursor generation to the kinds of guys that Felix likes to talk about having golden retriever brain. Yeah. Like, certain MMA guys and stuff. He's, like, the older generation of that where he's also has, like... The, you know, the guy who grew up in the 80s kind of thing of just, I love to party. But he just, underneath it all, he has the pure golden retriever brain. I I don't know. It's, he seems pretty happy. I think his life just didn't set him up for that kind of introspection. I don't think it's, I don't think it's been bad for him. It's just when things that suck happen, he's like, oh, that's a bummer. Oh, well, it's not, you know, at least yeah. their squirting still exists or whatever, and then he's fine. Yeah, it's just it's just horrifying to everyone else. <laughs> I would solve my leg to have a mind like that. He's very good at returning to equilibrium. All you have to do is turn him off and turn him back on, and he's good as new. Yep. Like, he could, someone could hit him with a car, and you could just, like, put your hand over his face and beep boop. He would reset and be like, hey, man, what's up? It seems like he's the kind of guy who should actually be a psychiatrist because people could bring their problems to him and then he'll just be like, oh, I don't know. Have you ever thought about squirting? That'll make you feel better, make you feel happy. <laughs> and then it'll fix their problems. Well, or if, yeah, I mean, or as a psychiatrist, if he gave you advice you didn't want to hear, you could just, again, unplug him and plug him back in and get a new new answer. I mean, it would be equally inane, but you could just kind of keep, you know, it's like it's like loading a game. When, like, you know you fucked up, you just go back to the last save point, try again. Yeah. <laughs> and do it a little different next time. Alex, I don't know if you figured this out, but I found a website where you can create a word cloud, and I just fed the whole book into it. Yeah, I'm working on it now. I'm trying to uh, take out the more common words. Yeah, that's the problem. There's a lot of really, like, almost all of them are really common words, but two big words that I see right away are fuck and fucking. Yeah, so those yeah. are big. Pamela, uh... Please believe, Shit. I got to imagine, is a pretty... He says please believe a lot. The two biggest words without taking out like the lame ones are all and like. Hmm. So I can imagine the like makes sense. Yeah. I see a lot of, I see a lot of dudes. 
I'm just scrolling through. Oh, that's one too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the big ones. <laughs> Are you doing Amazing, the manual word cloud crazy, thing? Crazy. Uh, Motley. Pool. Oh man, that's a prominent one. Jaeger. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. It's so funny to be a grown man who loves Jaeger that yeah, much. Yeah, he could have really afforded well the best liquor in the world and just loves oh, the worst shit. To me, that's the most poignant detail we've like stumbled on yet. I think there's a whole generation of those guys. Like Metallica went through like a total. I wonder if Metallica is still into Jaeger. Probably not. No, they're all sober now, aren't they? Yeah, they're <clears throat> they're in a wine. That's like the that's the usual the usual trajectory of like rock stars is they eventually get to their wine phase, and they either have they either have a winery or they put their name on it or beer craft beer I guess is now big yeah. enough where yeah. they do that too. They're into natural wine. We had a wine phase. It was last year. Oh, he had one um, quip about the media that he thought was really wise. He's talking about the tabloids and how they say all kinds of things about him. Just remember that information is like clay. It's easy to get, and those with a good hand can bend it into whatever shape they want to. Believe me, I've seen statues of myself I don't even recognize. (laughs) Does he mean the wax museum? (laughs) I think so. Because I don't really recognize those. If there's one thing that's true about clay, it's that it's easy to get, man. Everyone in this town knows where you can find clay if you want to get your hands on some. At the bottom of the river. Is that how it is in L.A., Derek? (laughs) People just slinging clay on the street corner? (laughs) Are you asking me if people sling clay? Yeah. I don't know. Are there any uh, clay slingers in Los Angeles? I'm I'm not part of that scene. Is that because you're not hip to it and you're a square? You don't get into pottery? I don't I don't really get into it. I don't know. You don't fuck with ceramics? I don't know if I could. Too insecure. You're afraid that uh, you can't commit to doing the ghost thing with anyone? Oh, anybody can do that. You don't even need pottery. You could just do that with a, you know, pot of risotto or something. <laughs> just, you know, push your hands around in it. That's how they do it in LA these or days. Or chili. <laughs> we rely on you for uh how eccentric entertainers look everything uh, i know about la i've learned by scrolling through this book reading a random passages and the (laughs) word dude i think i did about as much as i could for the word cloud to take out the common words but it doesn't get any more clear the words fucking and people just keep getting bigger (laughs) <laughs> what That's other good words happens. show up once you've cleaned out when you've cleaned out the fucking stuff. people love jail girl <laughs> money tour and everything else gets smaller and smaller uh i don't i don't know how far we're going into this but i'm kind of like looking at the chapter about motley Crue. it's chapter eight uh, and he says something I thought was really interesting. And he said, uh, for their first album, they did something other bands weren't doing. Everyone was stuck on The Knack and My Sharona. Every band, all my friends, were cutting their hair off, wearing skinny ties, and jumping on that band uh, that bandwagon. Cool song, but fuck. <laughs> so everybody, that was everybody was he should have yeah. Done everybody it. was doing My Sharona. And they did something uh, different. They did something different. The same thing they had been doing. 
Yeah, well, they weren't fucking opportunists uh, sh chasing after my Sharona, I guess, is the point. Yeah, they weren't getting all dressed up in, like, suits and ties and shit and making music. You know, that's that's how, I mean, that's, Interpol drew a, a huge amount of inspiration from my Sharona. That's basically <laughs> <Right>. how, uh, <laughs> that, that's basically how Turn On The Bright Lights came to, came to be. Yeah. Yeah, Interpol came up at the same time as Motley Crue, and they had to work out so much longer <laughs> just to get where Motley Crue already was in the 80s. Motley Crue heard my Sharona, and they were like, we like the subject matter, we like the lyrics, uh, we like the, we like that he's talking about the very young girl. But. But, uh, could we make it mixed worse? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, we're not wearing ties. We can't make I think us. their attitude—they're more about someone else's Sharona, you know. They're—they're they're like Mr. Steal Your Girl. They should have named the themselves Motley Men Crew, Without Ties. <laughs> I think. Uh, speaking though of Motley Crue's early shows, I did have one more question. This is my last question for this pop quiz. Um, there's a part in like chapter five or so where he gets to like their early Motley Crue shows, and his parents come to see him for the first time. Um, what was Tommy Lee like when he saw his mom at a Motley Crue show, quote, wearing some rad little miniskirt looking like she's 20 years old, no, completely no, hot, no, no. just way too fine? Wait, what? A. Wait, what is that? Okay, let me read that Is that a direct again. quote? That is a direct quote. Let me, let me read Tommy it Tommy Lee again. said this about what? his mom? Yeah. You should, you should have done the reading. Okay, yeah, sorry, please. Do the quote. <laughs> he missed her when he was at college. POV, yeah, mom comes yeah. to your show looking insanely <laughs> hot in a red miniskirt. So what was Tommy Lee like when he saw his mom at a Motley Crue show, quote, wearing some red little look, uh, wearing some red little miniskirt looking like 20 years old, completely hot, just way too fine. A, he was like, Gummy bear. mom, what? <laughs> Jesus, no, no, shut no, the wait, fuck wait, up, wait. Alex. Don't do that. A, he was like, mom, what up? B, the wet t-shirt thing again and see the gummy bear thing again. Gummy bear. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that is incorrect. The answer was A. He was like, Mom, what up? Damn. You want to back that thing up on me? <laughs> yeah. The coolest thing about uh, playing in a rock band is all the hot girls that come to your show, such as your mom. <laughs> yeah. That was why he got into it. His mom was wearing stuff that was too frumpy. And he was like, I need to bring her back to her 20s. If I, if yeah, I had he a... took her to like line dancing nights and jazz concerts and the orchestra and none of it worked. But once he found where he could take her, where she had to dress more scantily, that was where he wanted to play. If my kid was detail uh, trying to learn guitar, I would be like, what are you telling me? You want to fuck your mom? <laughs> <laughs> well, the detail he left out in that story was that he saw his mom in that red miniskirt like when he got into the car while she was picking him up after the show. But it doesn't sound that cool when you actually write it out that way. So she was there in the crowd for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh... Here's another one I really liked when he's talking right before that, when he's talking about his last high school band before he joined Motley Crue and how oh, good yeah. they were. Um, he's like, we were all business an instrumental power trio who didn't care about lyrics, singing or anything but jamming. Sounds really good. 
Uh, I am not at all lying, exaggerating, or coloring the past when I say we fucking crushed. At least I thought so. And it seemed like every other people did too. Oh, it seemed like other people did too at the backyard kegger parties we played. We also rehearsed regularly at my parents' garage where anyone could catch us daily for no cover charge. You know, like the mailman, the newspaper delivery boy. <laughs> yeah. The name of the band the was milk Cream. Man. <laughs> yeah. The landscapers. So cool. Like we were so good, man. We didn't care about lyrics or singing or anything, writing any parts. We just jammed. Yeah, I'm sure you guys are fucking great, dude. <laughs> I don't think it's really a power trio if it's instrumental. It's well, it's a power trio of the instrumental world, I guess. Would be the distinction there, right? I think one of the guys has to be singing for it to have power. They're just a literal trio. Oh, there's a lot more to learn about his life, but I feel like I kind of see where he's coming from now, having learned about his childhood. This is the origin story. This is part one of 15. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows how many? Did you know what? Yeah, we have to. Did you know what Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson walked down the aisle to? No. Planet Telex by Radiohead. <laughs> Interesting. I figured it was going to be Wheels on the Bus, but that's pretty good. <laughs> I honestly believed it was going to be one of his own songs, so that's like kind of much cooler than I could have expected. It's probably Pamela's choice. Um, I, I assume walked uh, down the aisle to smoke in the That's a, almost 100% right. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking when I'm pregnant. <laughs> she should have made him walk down to uh, My Sharona. Pamela delivered both our boys at home in the bathtub. Tommy, what the fuck are you talking about? We did our research and decided that giving birth at home was the best. Here's why. When babies are born in a hospital, there's bright lights and surgical steel everywhere, and they're weighed on a scale right away and given vaccinations. The doctor will usually do Uh circumcisions right away, too. Well, you don't have to do that. (laughs) That's their first memory to retain somewhere in the brain. Immediately, the nurses wrap the baby in a blanket, and no matter how soft it is to a newborn, it's like sandpaper after living and growing in water. Babies have never... What what the fuck are you talking about? I know. That's why I'm so fucked up. I was born in the hospital. (laughs) Yeah, I was born, I got circumcised, and then I got whipped down a a strip of uh, 30-grit sandpaper, uh, like a bowling ball. By the doctor, and that's why that's 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 why I have the fractured mind that I have. Is Tommy Lee? If babies weren't able baby. to handle light when they come out of the womb, their eyes would be closed, like cats and dogs, <laughs> because they actually can't open their eyes, so their eyes stay closed until they can open them. Yeah, that's a good point. But humans don't, because it doesn't matter. Also, when does Pamela Anderson? Since when does she care about natural? Hmm. Man. What if uh, that kid who drowned in Tommy Lee's pool could have grown up to be Baby Genius and the Space Baby? He could have grown Why up to be the baby. Why would he grow up to be the baby? He was already a baby. <laughs> well, maybe he was in like a Benjamin Button thing where he gets up to age like seven or whatever. That's not goes Benjamin Button. That's something else. But he's if wiser you, for it. That's something else. That's not right. Okay, well, I haven't ever seen a movie. The only kind of movies I ever watch are like Baby Geniuses and the Space Baby, like bad, stupid ones. Did you say you've never seen you've never seen a movie? You're doing well, that thing I've like I've never movies, tried barbecue like sauce. Yeah, that's what you're doing right now. Yeah, I, I am doing okay, that. Okay, exactly. I found a really weird part. 
So right after his kid's born, he says, uh, heavy songwriters always talk about those times when a song comes through comes through them so effortlessly that it feels like it wrote itself. Then he says when his kid was born, he went down to the piano and wrote a song about it. And he says, uh, I realized again what I've already known. The best songs come from extreme pain or extreme happiness. Everything else in between is watered down and you can tell. Think about some of the greatest songs you know, whether it's Eric Clapton's Tears in Heaven or Eminem's Kim. <laughs> You know when it's real. Oh my God. I'm proud to say that one of those came through me that wow. day. So, wow. So Tears and Heaven is about a kid that died, and Kim is about killing your wife. Yeah. Well, I've been a kid that died because, because his dad pushed him out the window. <laughs> yeah. God, that's so And cool. that's how I wrote Hot Cross Buns on the piano. <laughs> That's what I was just going to say is the music of it is probably him doing chopsticks and like saying something about his baby. Lick my love pump. He's so beautiful. Yeah. God, what Eminem's Kim. That's so crazy. That's so fucking funny, man. Why would you say that? <laughs> yeah, I immediately went to the piano and wrote this heartfelt song about killing my son. <laughs> I was trying to figure out if Tommy Lee was an anti-vaxxer because, you know, because of his spiel about not having his baby born in the hospital. And he's not an anti-vaxxer as far as I can tell. But you know who is? Is MIA. (laughs) Oh, cool. (laughs) Which which I was shocked. I can kind of see that. uh, She's all over the place. Recently quoted as saying, if I have to choose between the COVID vaccine or chip, I'm going to choose death. And then told the story about how when her child uh, got vaccinated in America, it was very sick for a long time. And then deleted that post. You may get the opportunity to make that choice soon. Yeah. Well, I feel like we should call it here because we can't give away all the good stuff in this book, you know. Still a lot more uh, reading to do. Yeah, I'm already seeing some good pieces here. But uh, yeah, thanks for Derek and CJ for going on this journey with us. Yeah, uh, no, I'm, I'm really... I mean, I, I wanted to learn how to play the drums from reading this. Well, maybe he'll have a chapter that's just like, well, you you hit the snare, then you hit the tom. That would be nice. I think you actually need to do it, though, to learn it. But I don't think so. Yeah, you can watch a YouTube video. I guess you I, LA I, guys are just bookworms. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather like read to... it. I'd rather read about it. All right, well, we're going to test your drumming skills next week, too, then, so you better read up. All right, so what what did we get on this test? Or did I don't we... know. I don't remember what anyone got. I think you did pretty... Everyone did pretty good except for you because you kept blurting out every single <laughs> fucking response. Did I get, a, I get like a lower score because of that? Yeah, Derek's in the doghouse. Next week, you got to come back uh, showing us your drum skills or else you're going to get it. I'll just write an essay or whatever. Okay. That sounds good. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Uh, this has been... Uh, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? <laughs> Come on, dog. <laughs> the podcast. On the sunset strip. They got those long, long legs and those long, long thighs. And 